Well, happy Mother's Day, ladies. I have the honor of introducing, some of you guys didn't know this, but we have a special guest speaker this morning. We didn't really advertise it, I don't know why. I think we wanted it to be just a little bit of a secret for everyone. A secret and actually be like a surprise? Yeah, be like a surprise. So our guest speaker this morning is our daughter, Jordan Henley. Yeah. Super excited for her. She had her first year of college. She is back. She is a nursing major, yeah. minor in biblical studies. Minor. Yeah, I don't everyone know. gets a minor in biblical <laughs> studies at Bible college, you know. <laughs> that just comes with the territory. But Jordan has always had a call of some kind of ministry in her life ever since she was nine years old. I remember going to a general council and she came out and said, Mom, I think God wants me to be a missionary. And then months later, she was like, I don't know if that was God or if that was me. And we're like, Jordan, you're nine. You have plenty of time to figure this out. <laughs> and it's been really cool to see God just continue to show Jordan different things in and through her life. So you don't have to have everything figured out at nine years old. <laughs> and Jordan is going to present God's word today. Brian, did you want to share something as well? Well, I mean, it's Mother's Day, so all the ladies are doing the talking, so just happy Mother's Day, Mom. <laughs> but we're super proud of Jordan and all that she's accomplished, and we love you so much, Jordan. Oh, the microphone. <laughs> that sounded a little funky. Except that little smooch there. <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to start off talking about moms and all that they do. So if you look at studies, different studies say that moms take the role of about 10 different jobs. Only 10. <laughs> Only 10. Only 10. Oh, okay. And it seems no like pressure. a lot more, but 10 is the main, and that adds up about 90 hours a week that moms are working. About 90. Some of you moms work a lot more. If you got toddlers, if you got littles, you're always go, go, go. <laughs> but so you spend about 13.7 hours on daycare, 13.9 hours on being a chef. My mom's a really good cook. That's the one down my mom. in college. My mom's you do here. not get good food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mimi, I'm spoiled. So I go and eat the cafeteria food, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, Jesus, pray that this has no salmonella in it. <laughs> so I told the boys I would start cooking really bad yeah, to prepare them for college. Yeah, she would cooking bad to prepare them, like a little burntness, you know. They're like, Mom, please don't. <laughs> yeah. They spend 14.8 hours on housekeeping. They spend 7.6 hours on being a psychologist, um, oh. 6.3 on laundry, and how many of you know if you have a big family, you spend a lot more than 6.3 hours <laughs> on laundry? You're doing 10 loads in one day, <laughs> or I wait to do four. I wait to do laundry every four weeks, you know, every month, but it's okay. That's the college life. <laughs> a computer operator is 8.9 hours, and this one, I don't think... She, she knows how to operate a computer <laughs> that for that long. No, I think that you guys helped me with that. Yeah, that well, so that's probably of... like maybe add on another 2.5 hours explaining her, to her how to post a video to Facebook. It's so true. <laughs> no, we did. We spent a really long time once <laughs> showing her. I'm like, Jordan, just do it. Just do it for me. And then 10.7 on facilities manager, 7.7 .7 on janitor, which she always, she's a little bit of a clean freak sometimes. <laughs> she likes things organized. 
She likes things organized. Yep. <laughs> She's gotten a lot better. Yes. When we were younger, she used to clean our drawers before people would come over, yes, too. Yes, I'm a recovering clean freak. <laughs> <laughs> a chauffeur 7.9. But I feel like I do a lot of this. Oh, I cut around the boys all the time. When you guys get a driver in the home, if those of you have went through that season, it's like blessed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not the only... <laughs> minivan mom picking up the boys yeah. from soccer basketball. I'm like the soccer mom. I used to roll up in her red minivan picking them up and I'm like, ooh, okay kids, <laughs> let's get in, let's go home. Do we need, we need to stop at the grocery store. Mom needs eggs. <laughs> it's the mom life. <laughs> and household CEO is 3.2, which I really don't know what that means. All I know is She's the, if you see my big fat Greek wedding, they say like the, the man is the head of the house, but the woman is the neck and she can turn it any way she wants to. <laughs> so I think that's true. <laughs> hey, she gave you some hours. She only has 3.2 hours in. <laughs> but yeah, we just want to say thank you to moms for all that you do. Or if you're an aunt or if you can't have children or anything, however you pour into the younger generation is so needed and it's duly noted. There's so many amazing people around here that um, have already poured into different people's lives um, with Sunday school and everything. And we just want to say thank you. <laughs> I just want to also say thanks to my mom. She is a rock star. Like, I wouldn't be, everyone says we look alike, we act the same, we have like the same walk. Someone was like, they were looking behind us as we were walking, they're like, are you the same person? I'm like, yeah, sometimes, apparently we are, but that's, she's a good mom. But hello everyone, I just wanted to say I'm Jordan. Um, my mom already kind of introduced me, so I really don't need to do that. <laughs> but I'm a nursing major um, at Southeastern University. I want to do medical missions. That's my heart. Don't know if I want to do long-term or short-term. We'll see what the big man upstairs says. <laughs> but I just was thinking about this message and just looking at my mom's life and seeing how she leads. And I was just came up with these four phrases that I just want to talk about that I think is mimicked in the Bible. It said, so these challenges are is to be brave, be authentic, be wise, and be open. So we're going to start off with being brave. So as I was talking about, my mom has challenged me to be brave in so many different situations. And the definition of brave is having or showing mental or moral strength to face danger, fear, or difficulty, having or showing courage. You see, I believe that we're called to be brave, to step out in courage. But being brave oftentimes is not an easy thing to do, right? Anybody raise your hand if being brave is not easy. It's not easy being brave in those situations because we're faced with many storms in our life and we have to challenge what we wish to do and what we really need to do. You know, as Christians, we often say, you just need to pray through it. We just, we just pray it away. We're like, oh, just pray it away. Oh, just pray it away. But sometimes we need to look at it and we actually need to walk through things. We actually need to step into things because a life as a Christian, we are not, it's not going to be an easy life. But we need to walk through those storms. And God is right there beside us and he's walking with us. It's not like he is like, oh, you can walk and do it on your own. He's right there with us and he calls us to bravery. You see, in Mark 4, 35 through 41, we see how Jesus calms the storm. And it says this in verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, 
Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with him in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the storm, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? You see, when we look at that, we see the disciples say, Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? I can just imagine the disciples that are there. They just witnessed an amazing miracle and just witnessed God speak. And they're in the boat and they're fearing for their lives and like, Jesus, do what you need to do. They're like, Jesus, aren't you going to come through? Jesus, do you not care that we're perishing? And he wakes up and he says, peace be still. And I think we assume that position often. We're like, Jesus, do you not see that we're perishing? Jesus, do you not see the sickness that I'm going through? Jesus, do you not see the season that I'm walking in? Jesus, do you not see fill in the blank? You see, oftentimes we want to take things into our own timing. But Jesus, he flips the script and he says, peace be still. And later he says, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? You see, the disciples were afraid of the storm, but they were also afraid of Jesus' timing. They wanted a quick fix on their time rather than God's plan. They wanted to just pray things away and not walk through a bit of the storm. You see, some of us know that we got to walk through the storm, that there's situations in our life that we have to walk through. You see, some of you may know, but maybe others don't, but I have type 1 diabetes, which can't be changed with diet or exercise. So that means my pancreas attacks itself, so it can't produce the insulin that I need. And I remember when I was first diagnosed, I was angry at God for a little bit. I was like, Jesus, why me? Why did you give me this sickness? I've done everything right. I haven't, but I've done everything right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like kind of reasoning with God. I'm like, I've done everything right. I'm following you. Yes, I make mistakes, but why me, Jesus? Like, why are you giving me this illness? Why are you giving me this sickness? And then I, time goes by and I'm like, okay, I've accepted it. But then I go to all these prayer services and they're like, if you need healing, come down to the front. So you know me. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I come down to the front time and time again, and I'm like, Jesus, why aren't you healing me? I'm continuing asking you, why aren't you healing me? I'm coming down to the altar asking you to heal me. And I had to come to the realization that he's going to heal me on earth or in heaven. His promise still stands. Sometimes we got to walk through those storms. we got to walk through those storms knowing, okay, Jesus, I'm trusting in you. I'm walking with you. And so ladies in the house and everyone, we got to know to be brave. we got to walk those, in those storms and be like, okay, Jesus, you're my comforter. Okay, you are here. We have to learn to walk through those storms. Because we have to remember that Jesus has a plan and a purpose for our life. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, you probably all know, but it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosper you, to give you a hope and a future and not to harm you. 
You see, we need to recognize the power of praying and walking in bravery through hard storms, knowing that God is walking alongside of you. He is with you. He's claiming peace over your life. He is going ahead of you. He cherishes you. He loves you. He's fighting your battles. He's preparing a table. And we have to recognize that no matter the storms in our life, that he is with us. Yes. Amen. He's with us. We need to stand firm in the storm, and we have to recognize that being brave isn't always about having it together. Rather than acknowledging we don't and still pressing forward. You see, a couple little things that I've realized when I'm weathering these storms is I need to remind myself of God's promises. We need to remind ourselves of the promises of God. And you can go Google that, and you're like, God's promises, click, and there'll be like 500 different promises or so. If you look those up and remind yourself of those, write them down on sticky notes, say them over your life, write them on your mirror, whatever that may be, but remind yourself that God's promises are still true. Share your struggles with others. You know, you're not alone. You have a church family that is here that wants to come alongside of you, that wants to walk you in this storm because you're not meant to walk it alone. You need to pray often and read your Bible. This is huge. Like, when you're in communication with God, that's when breakthrough happens. When you're reading your Bible, he's going to renew your strength in those areas. One of my favorite things is to find a song. You know, find your anthem. Play it over and over again. I don't know if it's you, but when I find my song, I, like, listen to it for, like, three days straight. Over and over again until I get tired of it. But find a song because words are powerful. That melody is powerful. It's reminding you to be brave, to be strong. And remember that sometimes progress looks like baby steps. You don't have to have a big leap. You see um, in the song Oxygen by Stephanie Gritzinger, I'm probably butchering her name, but it says baby steps, shorts, breasts, anything is progress. That those baby steps that you're taking, God sees them and he's honoring them. When you're walking out in that bravery, he's honoring them. So just short steps. The next one is be authentic. You see, authenticity is really lacking in our world today. You know, for me being a young folk, when you're looking at Instagram and stuff, you see all these women who are Instagram models, Instagram fit models, and they present their best self on social media. But what you don't know is they're using Facetune, which is an app that you can add fake eyelashes, you can skinny your arms, you can do whatever you want. But they're presenting their best self forward or what they think their best self is. Or unhealthy standards that we present to young moms or mothers. You have to have it all together. You have to have a clean house. If your child isn't going to a private Christian school, well, surely they're not going to succeed. <laughs> We put these unhealthy standards on them without living in authenticity and knowing that some things hurt, some things are tough. We need to choose to live authentically and live with a bold heart for the Lord. Be authentic with everything you do. You see, we need to be authentic with what we speak towards people and what we speak behind their backs. You see, I feel like when I get around some people that gossip, I start to gossip. You know, it's a, it's, it's a deep-rooted thing. It's a deep-rooted issue. You know, in, in Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion that may give grace to those who hear. 
You see, we need to be authentic with the way that we talk because as women, oftentimes, we're, we're trying to tear down other people's crowns. And we're like, oh, you're not, oh, you didn't do that? Oh. And we start gossiping and making these things, but rather we should be building them up and being like, you are so brave. You are stepping out. That regardless of the mistakes that you made, that you are still good enough, that you are worthy to be loved. We need to be authentic with our gifts. You see, if you've been given the gift to serve, serve. The gift of speaking, speak. The gift of writing, write. Never allow for the enemy to come and steal the gifts and talents God has placed in your life. Do not live in fear, but rather be authentic and strong in those areas. You see, it says in 1 Peter 4.10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, God's given us, each one of us, gifts. Each one of us is unique. Some of you people are amazing at baking. Other of you, you got mired for that, you know? You've been given different gifts. Be authentic in that. Be strong in that. Be knowing that God has called me to walk out in that, so I'm going to walk out in that. Don't be afraid of what other people may think because you do things differently. Be authentic. Be who you are. You see, I struggle with that because I'm like, oh, that person speaks like that. Oh, that person speaks like that. Oh, that person serves and loves kids like that. But instead of comparing myself, I just need to be who I am and know that God who has called me to be who I am and he's called me to walk out in that. And so ladies, stop comparing yourselves. Come on. But most importantly, we need to be authentic with ourselves. You know, we need to, be, we need to value our body. We need to be who we are in Christ because in Psalms 139:14 it says, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it well. And then it says, but you who are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light in 1 Peter 2, 9. We need to recognize that we are a chosen people, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God loves us who we are. You see, it's awesome to seek self-betterment and to try and lose the weight. But when we become consumed with the new diets, the new makeup, when we become consumed in what we could be and rather loving ourselves who we are, that's when it becomes a negative thing, when it hurts us. When you remember that we are a chosen priesthood, that we are made in the image of God. You know, write that on a sticky note. I write sticky notes all the time. In my dorm, I have this little bar, and it has like sticky notes all on them. And then sometimes they'll fall off, and I'll find them like attached to my foot as I'm walking out. But sometimes I'm like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it says something good. But we need to remind ourselves of that. And the next one is be wise. When we are brave and authentic, we also must be wise. We must be brave in facing the storm's present, authentic with who we are, and use wisdom in it all. You see, in Colossians 4, 5 through 6, it states, 
Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You see, God calls us to walk out in wisdom, to use discernment in those situations. In Proverbs 18, 15, it says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. See, we're so, supposed to seek wisdom in all that we do. When we are brave, we need to ask God what steps to take. When we are authentic, we must be wise in what be, we believe is the truth. Because the enemy is going to throw lies. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. We need to believe and use wisdom and say, is this what God actually is saying to me? Is this what the Bible says to me? Because when we're not wise in those situations, we'll start believing things that are not true. And when we are open, we must be rise, wise with who we are open with. You see, we need to pray and ask for direction and allow for the Lord to move in through you. See, my mom always said this saying when I was younger. She would say, use your brain. But she would say like in a little southern accent, like a little Missourian, use your brain. And she would say it over and she would like, we would do something dumb and she'd be like, use your brain, Jordan. Use your brain, Josiah. Use your brain, Gabe. I remember one specific moment where I um, thought it was so cool how people used to go and read on the roof in movies, you know? And so my bed was right against the window, and um, I remember I was like, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to take my comforter out there. So I opened the window and went out to, like, the roof on the awning, and I was not super old. Like, I was maybe 10 maybe 10. And so I crawled out there, and I would go in the early mornings before mom and dad were awake, I would go and I would read on the roof. Um, and then I invited Gabe out once, and <laughs> I invited him out, and then he goes and snitches on me. He goes up into, he goes up into my mom and dad's room. I, I remember I was trying to grab him before he went in there, and he was like, mom, that's what we did. And he's like, I just went out on the roof, and he doesn't talk like this, but this is how he talks. I just went out on the roof, and with Jordan, and we were reading, and we were laying down, and my mom was like, you did what? <laughs> she was like, you went, you, you took your brother out onto the roof, and you read? You see, we got to use wisdom in those situations. <laughs> we got to be wise. We have to seek God and ask him and use discernment because he's given us the Holy Spirit to discern what is wise and what isn't wise. You see, in Romans 8, 26 through 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weak weakness. Ooh, excuse me. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings to deep too deep for words. And he who searches his heart knows what, the spirit, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Come on. Jesus has sent a helper. He said, you're going to want me to go away so that you have the Holy Spirit, so that you have the helper, so that you can do greater things for me. You see, we need to be wise in that and seeking wisdom and praying and interceding and saying, okay, I have the helpmate. I have the helper. He can come alongside of me to discern in these tough seasons. And we need to be open. You see, the importance of being open is huge. We need to be brave, 
authentic and wise with our openness. But I think sometimes we miscommunicate being open and vulnerable. You see, I'll look on social media and I'll see all these women and men, you know, and I'll look at it and I'll see all of them, they're posting all this stuff. They're like, this, this, and this happened. Real mom fail, mom fail, hashtag mom fail. And I think that's awesome, being authentic and open. But sometimes we need to guard our hearts because the things that we tell other people is not ours to tell. Being vulnerable and being open is different. We need to be authentic in our openness because oftentimes when we're being open and vulnerable like that in a negative sense, it's because we're insecure, that we want affirmation, we want acceptance. But we should be open with people and love them, but we are not called to be vulnerable with everyone. You see, in Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for it flows the spring of life. You see, we need to set up healthy boundaries and be vulnerable to the people who have the right to know. When we use wisdom with our openness, it cultivates an authentic lifestyle, leaving behind legacy, a legacy of trust and comfort. Like I said earlier, when we get around a group of gossipers who are just trying to be open or be praying for Susan, she's having trouble in her marriage. When we do that church gossip, that church prayer gossip, and we're being open and sharing other people's stuff, that's not what God has called us to be. We need to guard our hearts and speak truth and love. We need to be authentic with our openness and be sharing for the right reasons. Because there is power in sharing with others. There's the power of, the, of your testimony. You see, we will over overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We need to share, but we need to use wisdom in it. You see, I used to be afraid to tell other people that I had type 1 diabetes. I used to, like, not tell anyone. I'd just, you know, like, secretly, like, give myself a shot or work with my, or secretly pull out my pump and be like, oh, it's a cell phone, don't worry. And I used to not tell anyone because I didn't want people to pity me. I'd be like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I just give eight shots a day. It's fine. I used to not want to tell anyone because I didn't want people to know, but I realized that I need to tell people and be like, hey, you're going through this illness too? You can still get through it. It doesn't control your life, it's just part of your life. And so in November, I shared on social media for the first time during Diabetes Awareness Month, if you didn't know, <laughs> and I was like, yo, I deal with this, and I posted a little thing, and, like, and it opened up conversation and doors to other people that I know that have that and allowed us to build that community of knowing, hey, you're going through this, I'm going through it too. So when we're open in those areas, God is going to bless that. And he's going to see that you're walking out in bravery, that you're being authentic and you're using wisdom in it, he's going to bless it. So your openness allows for other people to be open. It creates a sense of safety, a place for comfort where they know that they're not alone. You see, when I share my story, it opened up conversations with others. Be bra being brave in our authenticity and wise while being open creates a warrior. Today, we are honoring warriors. You see, we're honoring mothers who are stepping out, who are being authentic, women who are helping build the next generation. And I know for me, my mom made a huge impact on my life. My grandparents did. 
but also women who didn't have children made a huge impact on my life. I remember Pastor Lisa, who is my children's pastor, and I would go every day after school, and I would just, she would find random things for me to do. And I learned how to serve kids with her. She impacted my life greatly, but she wasn't my mom. And so for you, those single ladies out here, know that your impact matters. You know, get serving, get plugged in, love on your nieces and your nephews, and know that them seeing a strong woman in their life is so impactful. It builds up the next generation. So I just want to encourage you today to be brave. Be brave and bold in who you are. No matter what storm you're facing, God is with you. He's preparing a way for you. He has a good plan for you. So stay the course. Stay the course. Walk out and be like, okay, Jesus, I don't know what you're doing right now, but I trust you. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep taking those baby steps. And sometimes it's not even steps, it's crawling. Sometimes we got to crawl. We got to crawl to God and be like, okay, whatever I got to do, I'm going to do. Whatever I got to do, he's going to be with me and he's there for me. We need to step out in authenticity. You see, authenticity is beautiful. It creates a sense of wholeness and develops a sense of self-worth. Remember that you are loved for who you are. Remember that, that you're loved no matter what, because he's constantly chasing after you. Be wise. Seek after the Lord in everything you do. Pray daily, allowing him to speak through you and guard your steps. Seek wisdom in those areas and knowing, okay, your ways, not my ways. It's your plan. I'm going to walk out in this. Seek after him because you have the helper. You have the Holy Spirit guiding you. Be open. Be open and obedient to the good things the Lord has in store. Be brave and share your heart with others and love them well. Step out into that. Step out into that openness and realize that you can be open with others about your struggles because you have other people alongside of you because you're not doing life alone. So, I challenge you to step out in faith and be brave. Be authentic, be wise, be open. So I'm just going to pray to close out the service, and then we're going to have amazing baptisms where other people who are stepping out and being brave and being authentic in their faith. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for who you are. God, I just thank you so much that you're a loving Father who comes and meets us where we are. Thank you so much for giving us a helper, God, so we can be strong and brave in who you are. I just pray right now a blessing over all the mothers and all the people that are pouring into the next generation, God. I just pray right now that you will just protect them, God, that you will renew their strength, that you will just give them a courage to continue fighting the good fight, the courage to step out and love those kids when they are on their last nerve, Jesus. I just pray right now, God, that you will just bless the rest of this service, God, and that the people who are getting baptized, God, that they'll just realize that you're a good, good father. And just thank you so much for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.